So I want to start this entire episode with a story, something I, I normally don't do, but I want to make this a little bit special. Um, probably two or three weeks ago, I was in Nashville and I was in this experience. And I want to share one thing. Bucky, you don't know this, is that morning, it was Friday morning, I quit coffee like cold turkey. I was drinking four or five cups of coffee per day and I quit coffee yes. cold turkey. And I did it because I got really frustrated. There was no coffee in my hotel room and I, I realized how emotional I got about it. And I was like, this thing has control of me. I'm going to quit cold turkey. So I have a pounding headache by 9 a.m. And I'm like, I'm going to do anything to keep my energy up and like, hopefully I can get it, make it past this day. And I experienced your, your experience, your, 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 your hour there that you and your, your wife Leah did like the power team and my headache was gone. I was like higher energy than 16 cups of coffee ever could. <laughs> and if, if the day wouldn't have started that way, I don't know if I would have, honestly, that day would have been a struggle. I had a pounding headache before, like right before 9am people were like ruffling papers around me and I was getting annoyed. I'm like, everybody just stop. Probably a bad day to quit coffee, but I, I, I do things the hard way and went through this experience. It was beautiful, like really beautiful. And at the end, you asked this one question and I'll paraphrase. I'm not sure exactly how you asked it, but everyone was really high vibration, high state. People are crying, really connected, really high and like love and joy. And just everyone's connected. These are entrepreneurs you're talking to, like very logical, goal-driven, ambitious people. And they're all like crying and hugging. And I was like, this is so beautiful. And you asked this one question of like, how much better would your business or how much better would your life be? Or how much more could you create if you could live in that state every day? And it, like I was sharing with you, it made me dive deeper into the practice of not just my gratitude, but like, where am I emotionally, where am I vibrating at? And so I really want to talk about that in this episode for anyone listening, because I, I was going through your bio and I could have gone through it, but I think the best way to just introduce you would be through my experience through you. And every mm -hmm. time I meet someone, I write down one word so I can a remember their name better, but also have an idea of who they were. And I wrote down one word by your name, which was transformation. And that's really going to be the topic of our discussion today. So welcome to the show, Bucky O'Neill. Beautiful. Thanks for having me. Such a pleasure. Yeah. yeah the way you crafted, because I was thinking about it later. I'm like, to, to craft something like that for 45 minutes or 60 minutes and bring someone from completely cold in the morning yeah. to that place, I knew yeah. take some level of mastery that instantly I was like, I... I need to learn more from this gentleman because this guy is a master at his craft <laughs> of, of creating transformation. So that's why I think I had that word beside your name. Um, before, before we get into all the goodness, I, I do want to ask you one question. Yes. What, what's the, the next level mean to you? And where in your story did you start experimenting or wanting to level up? Because you've been leveling up for a long time, man. I researched you. You've been leveling up for a long time. So what does the next yeah, level yeah. mean to you? And and. Where's your story start with where you started leveling up? Yeah, you know, next level for me really means the next level of evolution of who you are, uh, greater expression of who you are, a greater sense of who you are, a greater connection with who you are, um, and a greater impact in who you are. So all those things, you know, are tied to the next level. Um, where that started for me was kind of really early on. I, I, I think I, I grew up around sports. So it was always had that very specific, like, how do we really get to this outcome of becoming better um, in this specific craft? Um, and all I did really, when I made the shift to personal development was take that same psychology that I had, you know, spent years in sports, and I just shifted it to personal. 
I just started looking at myself internally. You know, I was lucky enough to be around environments and around mentors and um, to be exposed pretty from, from a pretty young age, probably about 16 years old, um, to like real personal development work and in workshops and peer mentorships and um, looking at, you know, what life was really about and who I really was and what I wanted to create in the world. Um, and it just, I just took that energy that I was, that I was so focused on um, moving to the next level in sports. And I just turned it inside and said, Hey, who am I really? Who am I really? And what's important for me? What do I value? How could I create a greater life for myself? How do I create a greater expression? Uh, and that's where the game came, you know, and, you know, that continued on. And obviously there's levels of that and there's depth to that. You know, once you start to get into that game of asking mm -hmm. yourself who you really are, you know, you realize like, wow, there's a lot that I don't know. And there's a lot that I can connect to. And it's amazing how when I connect to myself that my external life changes or my perception of the external life changes, that my physical body changes, that my emotional body changes. Um, so, yeah, that's for me is the level up is, you know, it always starts internal, but it's a deep work of looking like looking at, Hey, how do I take this all to the next level? And I've had, you know, different moments of this throughout my life, whether that was becoming a speaker or a firewalk instructor or getting married or getting divorced or having children. I think we have these benchmarks in our lives. Um, at least for me anyways, to look at and to say, you know, what can I be doing differently here? How can right. I, how can I shift? How can I be more in a greater expression of who I am? And I think life is always working for us in that way. Um, and if we are open to what's taking place in our lives, and if we understand that life is working for us, that regardless of the obstacles that we're facing, or regardless of where we're at in our lives, we can always find that space to say, okay, what is this? What is, you know, it's like Michael Beckwith is like, what is looking to emerge from me? What is, what is this calling me into? What is this pulling me into? What is mm -hmm. life beckoning me for? Uh, in this moment. And I think, you know, any respectable soul, any respectable human being, um, when they feel that urge and if they can understand that context, um, they, they answer it, they answer it and they say, Hey, you know, I, I know that I'm here for, to be doing more in the world and that what it is that I'm doing currently, um, it's just, it's not serving me in the ways that I, that it could be. I love that. I love that. So, so when people are asking themselves the question, who am I? I think I had that moment. I was 16. And yeah. my buddies were out partying and I drove, I had a firefly, like this little two door firefly. And I drove it up this off-road mountain and I was looking over the whole city yeah. and I sat there listening to Enigma. It's like this like trance music. I don't know why. Totally, totally. Like, and I'm, I'm looking at, and I'm like, who am I? And I got so confused. And so right. it's, it's been like a question that has come in and out of my life, but one, one scary thing, or is there levels to the question of like, who am I? So if someone starts because for a coach and for building a brand and for putting your message out there, I think it's really good to know thyself. But yeah. one, one terrifying thing for me was like, I'll ask that question a year from now. Who I was a year ago was totally different than who I am now. 100%. And so it takes pivots, shifts, cutting things out, sometimes lost revenue, which was really painful for me to like stay <laughs> aligned with who I am. But do you also find right. that the more you like tackle this question, the faster you change? And so there's almost like, kind of chaos you leave behind as you change you have to make sure that you're aligned have you experienced that or any any thoughts around that if that makes yeah. sense yeah yeah totally um you know i think one of the things that the universe is always working for within us is this sense of greater alignment i think in integrity is a principle not only based on values but it's a universal principle um and 
you know, my belief around it is, and it's interesting, right? Like there's different levels of this. So when I talk to people from a business perspective and they're looking to say, Hey, I want to create a more aligned business, or I want to um, have more congruency in my life. You know, really the feeling that I was speaking about at the end of that talk was a feeling of congruency. Okay. But that's a pretty big ask for most people like to what feel does that, that mean? way. Congruency. What congruency? does that mean? Um, it means that you're doing things that feel good for you. You're doing the things that are right for you to do. You're speaking into things, um, that need to be spoken into. You know, a lot of people live their life in an emotional suppression. As an example, a lot of people live their life in a spiritual uh, suppression. A lot of people live their life in a, in a, in a identity suppression, just suppressed in general. And part of the outcome of that event or the sequences of those experiences was about opening people up to understand or to reconnect with who they really are from an energetic being standpoint. And honestly, there's a lot of this stuff that I know that I know, but I don't have a specific definition of, Sure, if that makes sense. There's something that happens when people open up. There's a space that becomes available. What that space is, you can call it a bunch of different things. People can call it universe. People can call it God. People can call it divine. But there's a space that opens up. For me, that is an essence of someone or that's someone's true self. And what I was looking to do in the crafting of that experience is getting people to open up in a way that would give them access to the deepest parts of themselves and to reconcile any trauma they had around that. And in that reconciliation, there was a freedom and there was a joy that became available. There was a new level of expression that became available because of the healing that was associated to that little child or that little essence of themselves that they've kept safe for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know exactly where the question was going with that, but I think levels of understanding ourselves, um, you know, this feeling of congruency in our life realizing that life is always working towards congruency. Life is always working towards integrity and whether we like it or not, that that's the direction that we're going into. And we can either go with the flow, we can fight and scream and all that kind of stuff. Um, One of the things that I, that I think is really important to understand in general is that, you know, we don't always, you know, one of the things I said for a long time is, is that my best plan or my best life was never how I planned it. My best life was never how I planned it is that we are not necessarily the drivers of the ship. And if you can surrender to aspects of that and to realize that you play a critical role in the expression and the fulfillment and and some of the direction, but also to surrender to like, there's a path that's happening. There's a flow that's happening that I'm a part of. And part of my, part of my job is to stay within the flow and to realize when I'm in and out of it, but I'm not necessarily the one that's determining where this flow is going. Right. Um, and I think that that is a, that is a big distinction uh, for most people when it comes to, Hey, I think it needs to be this way. Or I think, you know, I should have, you know, this much revenue or I should have this type of relationship or this many kids or all the expectations of our lives yeah. um, to realize that, Hey, you know what, you're, you're not the driver of the ship and it's okay for you to relinquish your control. And in fact, when you do so is actually when you get into the alignment of your greatest contribution of your greatest service of your greatest impact of your greatest expression, and to take that pressure off your shoulders and know that it's okay 
you know, as an entrepreneur, as someone who's logically built and focused and, you know, have, has been successful, has created a new life for themselves with this mindset of, I'm going to get up every single day and do the things that I got to do to let go and to release that control and to say, oh my gosh, this is where I have the most impact. This is where there's the most ease, the most joy, the most fun. Uh, that's a big deal. Do you, do you feel like it's a, um, a process. So when I, I first got into spiritual communities, probably when I was like in my early twenties, but none of them were entrepreneurially focused. And so it didn't mm-hmm. fully resonate with me. There was a little bit from what my experience of it was a little bit, it was, it was fairly passive. When I moved into an entrepreneurial communities, Michael Beckwith, I mean, I, I, I love his sermons. And, yeah. and I think my first real experience with something deep and profound was, um, there was some work before and then through Preston smiles. And then, and then yeah. I know you guys probably do a lot of the same work and it's just, it's, cool to when you start blending it with like i feel like there was stages like at first there's like this hustle this grind <laughs> stage where you have to push hard sure. but eventually you're just like i need to let go of this and surrender has been a theme yeah. for me end of last year it started becoming a theme of like how do you surrender yet you still have yeah. targets objectives meetings you're you're working with people that need there yeah. needs to be systems and processes yeah. so i'm guessing this is a a sliding scale that you're always playing within and you're using a whole bunch of tools, not just one tool of like surrender, surrender. Yeah. It's like, it's tools. Yeah. yeah. Or am I off yeah, on that? Too- no, no, no. It's definitely tools. And and I would look at it more like um, energies and I would also look at it more like gradients. Okay. And I'll go back to the, to the metaphor of the event because it's one that you're familiar with. There's a, there's a gradient of comfort and expertise within um, someone's level of, of prowess within a specific energy. Um, so if you remember the event, the way that we started, it was really high energy. Okay. We started right. with high, really high energy. We started with the music. We then played, we played some games. We went straight into play. And the reason why I went into play is because everyone's association to fun, uh, is a lot easier than power. So if I would have gone straight into power, it would have been maybe a little bit more of a disconnect, but play that's easy. We can all play. We can all have fun. We can all express, we can all be energetic, but then I moved from play into personal power. Okay. And in that personal power, my, my goal was to push the energetic envelope so that there, that it forced an opening. Okay. Now the reason why I'm, I'm, I'm sharing this in this way in a gradient like this, and there's a lot of things that I'm doing as the orchestrator of that experience, which is a little bit different than in our lives. Right. But one of the things that I would pay attention to in my life is where am I feeling stagnant or where am I feeling like there's uh, a, a challenge in my business and what is the appropriate energy for me to mm, approach like that, that with that is going to create that opening or that breakthrough to take place, right? Sometimes it's play. Sometimes it's power. Sometimes it's surrender. Sometimes it's forgiveness. Sometimes it's quietness, stillness, some thinking time. Let me just take some time away and allow it to do what it needs to do. But the awareness to understand what's going on, what's being reflected back at me, and how do I match that with the appropriate energy so that I can move that through to the next result? It's the most beautiful question I've heard in a while is what is the most – anyone listening, I, I hope I hope we're taking notes. Like I can't force you to, but I'm taking notes. <laughs> I have pages of notes. But what is the appropriate energy? It's a really beautiful question. Yeah. It's a really beautiful question. Um, can, can I ask you a little side, a side note here is, is why do you do this work? Uh, I, it's not really a choice, honestly, it's not really a choice for me. I was born into it and I didn't realize that I was going to do this work 
prior to right now, honestly. Like, I thought I was going to, when I was a kid, I thought I was going to be in the NBA, man. <laughs> if you're listening, you're, you're not seeing Bucky, but he will, um, like, you could be, you could be in the NFL. Like, he's, he's a, he's a, a strong boy. So cool, cool. That, that was my ambition, right? And then yeah. I, uh, and then I, you know, I fell in love with myself. Honestly, I was, I was, I was literally that kid that, you know, didn't believe, you know, I remember in the fourth grade and I'll, I'll tell you a little story. I was in the fourth grade and I was going to a spelling test and I had to write the word shirt and I ended up writing the word shirt, except for I missed the R. Mm-hmm. Right. And the teacher thought it was a, a big joke and I thought I was doing it on purpose and they held me after class. And I remember being in the fourth grade, that moment being like, you know what, school's not for me. And I made that decision. Um, and, you know, I carried that all the way through high school, all the way through high school to the point where I almost didn't graduate high school. Um, and then part of what happened is I got introduced to this program called super camp where I got some strategy. I got some strategy and some new ways of thinking about myself and around education. And as I started to apply that strategy, wow, things started to really change in my life, right? There's a trajectory that really started to take take place. I got into the University of Hawaii, I ended up graduating with honors. I ended up getting my master's degree. There's like all these things that took place um, that really changed the way that I perceive myself and my life. Right. And I think the reason why I say that is that life is an unfoldment, right? And if we're playing the game of life, we realize, like I said earlier, like we're not the stewards of the ship. And if we trust ourselves and we trust our passion and we trust life and we know that life is working for us, it's going to take us in directions that we never would have expected. It's going to take us down paths. Why did I get interested in energy? Well, because I was interested in learning more about myself. I was interested in more learning more about spirituality. I lived in Bali for five years and I was interested in learning about religion and learning about space and, and how to hold different space. As I became a facilitator, um, one of the things that I really understood that was the, my most powerful gift is to understand the energetic state of the room and how to guide people from an energetic level through these different experiences. And those became my measuring points or where are people energetically? Mm. What's the feel of the room? What's going on in the space? And it just opened my awareness. You know, people talk about six senses. The Egyptians talk about 13 senses. All right. This, what was, it opened my awareness to feel at a different level. And I think part of what transpired from all these different things, as is true for so many people in their lives, is that it's led me down different, you know, corners and different avenues and and different focal points of like, wow, this is really interesting right now. And, you know, honestly, you know, you this is not necessarily a topic I talk about all the time, but it is one of these things that's heavily weighted in the things that I'm doing all the time, whether that's coaching. Okay. Whether that's facilitating, whether that's working with other, um, with other leaders or entrepreneurs or whatever, I'm, I'm constantly tapping in to the energetics of what's going on within myself, uh, and also what's going on, uh, within my business. So, so on that, cause you talk about feeling and gauging where people are at and meeting them where they're at, which probably makes you a brilliant facilitator and probably makes you, that's probably your superpower. Like it's probably a big chunk of why you're good at what you do when you go yeah. into a, a corporate setting. And I'm going to be, I don't know if I can share, or you can share a lot of stuff, but I know you did some work with Google or you, you had a contract with Google, or maybe you still do when you go into a setting like Google. And I know their workplace is is pretty ahead of things though, as is right. Like they treat their employees. It's, it's, what would you call it? Like a kind of a, what's, what's the new (laughs) word? It's like the conscious sort of, 
Um, yeah. It's not like little cubbies where people are miserable. Like it seems like probably an okay well, place to work. Is. is it? Okay. <laughs> I mean, okay. It isn't. It isn't. Yeah. So when you go into a place like that <laughs> and you're working with, are you working with the executive team? Are you working with the yeah. leadership team? Cool. Um, and you have to meet someone who's maybe really in the weeds, very business orientated. And maybe that's not true. Maybe they're not. But I would guess that maybe sometimes in the corporate world, it is that. And I know I go through bouts where everything's very analytical, data-driven, emotionless decisions based on pure data. And if the numbers line up and if this makes sense, we make the decision. Um, and then every once in a while, you open up your heart, you see the humanness of someone and all that goes out the window and you connect to that level. What's what's yeah. the experience like that? Or is there is there anything we can share from that? Because I think we can all learn from that is, is how you'd approach totally. that. Totally. And and here's the thing that I want to clarify that I think is really important. Um, I think one of the things that I did for a really long time is um, I used to play this role of a chameleon and I always tried to be someone that I thought was going to be accepted by others or thought or tried to present myself in a way where I was going to be perceived well or produce what I thought was the greatest outcome. Um, and that's different than what I'm talking about here. Um, right. There is a level of authenticity that always has to be maintained. So authenticity is never compromised, re regardless of if I'm coming from, you know, a place of power or a place of forgiveness or what, what, wherever I'm coming from, from the energetic scale, my authenticity is never changed in that. Uh, and that's a really big distinction. Doesn't mean I don't speak my truth. It just means maybe that I speak my truth in a different way. I really like that. that yeah. It's, yeah, a, it it's a big deal. Sense. It's a big deal. As I went into Google for the first time, you know, it was part of my biggest challenge in accepting them as a client is that I had all this fear and all this worry that, you know, I was going to have to compromise myself and, you know, right. it's a corporation, big corporation, and, you know, they're going to use me and all this kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> and it's, and, you know, honestly, what I've learned in, I've been there for uh, just about a year now, and we have another year long contract. I'll probably be there for, I mean, they're honestly going to be a lifetime client. Um, and what I've learned, which has been pretty cool about it, uh, is you know, I had such a story. And the more expressive I am, the more passionate that I am, the more truthful I am, the more honest that I am, um, as it pertains to my expertise, right? Um, and what I love doing and, and what I'm really, it's, it's interesting because that relationship is built on my, what I call my pure position. Right. It's built on my gift. It's not built on me trying to fill a role or trying to do something that is a skill set, but it's built on my gift. So right. because of that, there's there's more there's more room for me to be in that authentic expression as compared to like if I was an employee there and I was just trying to do a job. That's a kind of a different relationship. And I think one of the things that I would suggest in general is that you build relationships based on your peer position. You build relationships based on your gift, whether that's personal relationships or whether that's professional relationships, is that you build these partnerships based on pure position. And what you'll find is that there's always more room for you to be the, the expression of that because of the nature of the relationship. So, so the pure position piece, thanks for saying that. The pure position piece is coming back to the question of like, who am I? Like trying to yeah. mine for that. It's a big portion of that two parts. Who am I? And what is the conditioning of my life been all about? So I believe in something called design contribution as like, there's a greater intelligence. 
and that everything on my life. So based on the idea that life is happening for me, then everything in my life has been on purpose. My parents, all the interactions, mm-hmm. everything through high school, everything as a kid, everything in my career, all the divorces, whatever's there for you, right? Whatever's there for you has been there purposefully for you to be able to get the lessons that you need to get, for you to have the insights and the learnings and the expertise so that you can serve others so that you can serve others. This is a big part of becoming an expert or becoming a coach or consultant in today's, um, in today's market is how do I really understand mm-hmm. my true mm-hmm. expertise? Mm-hmm. How do I really understand my true, not just things that I've learned, not just courses that I've been to, even though those things are included, right? But there's an overlay of all those things. There's an overlay of my life story. There's an overlay of my passion. There's an overlay of my career. There's an overlay of my trauma. And I take all those different things and there's themes that start to show up to why these things have been important to me. Why have I been focused on these things? Why have I been passionate about these things? And what those are, what those things do is they lay clues to who and how you're meant to serve. I think, you know, our greatest our greatest outcome as human beings is contribution. It's serving others in the ways that we've been traumatized in the ways that we've, um, or the challenges that we've been through serving people with the distinctions and the insights that we have from our life and professional and personal experiences, um, is really a big part of the value that we can, that we can, um, give onto humanity. I love this. I love this. So for anyone listening, this is great. One of our, one of my best videos and the best lead managers, the best things we've ever done was, um, it was like identity work. So how do you, cause when I got into marketing, it was all about like your USP and it was all very analytical. And I was like, wait, 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 there's like a, there's my yeah. story that goes beyond just like the back of the book author story. There is like so much depth right. that I can help differentiate me from everybody else, my little mannerisms and everything. And so it was one of the most, like our best pieces we've ever done that video still gets views. So I'd like to touch on this just a little bit. If you're cool with it, Yeah, you're talking totally. about um, pure position talking about, like investigating who I am, what do I bring, but also your design contribution, which to me, when you're like, Hey, your entire life and everything that's happened to you has built you in a way like you're it's happened for 100%. you to create happened you, for you and you're your gift. Like you're the gift. You're the, you're the creation of that. Yep. How do you package that up? You talked about your story, your passion, um, all of that. But if you were, um, or maybe you can be a real life example of that. If someone did ask you like, what is your pure position or, or what do you bring that no one else does? Um, whichever way you want to go about it. If someone was wondering that, of just like, man, none of my stuff gets yeah. noticed. And I feel like I'm just lost in the yeah, mess yeah. of things. A little more tactical, well, strategic here. But. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll get a little tactical and strategic. I, I, I think part of the thing, there's a step that's, it's not just about identifying it, right? So it's not just about identifying the story and saying, hey, this is a story. This is the trauma. This is what I went through. This is why I'm so passionate about it. But it's also about reconciling it and making sure that you're actually healed from it so that you can actually share it as a gift and not as a trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the sharing of the story is a big part of, and, and not only sharing the story as, this is what I talk to facilitators about. Don't share it, don't share the story like a bullet point, like you're, like, like you're going through it and you're listing it. Share it from the point of memory as you're remembering it. And the two things that I always talk to people about is that every video that you do when you're sharing a story, you should be looking for two things as your outcome. One is connection, okay? And in order for people to connect, part of what needs to happen is that you need to tell the story from memory so that that people can feel like it's not your story, but it's theirs. 
and they don't have to have gone through the same physical experiences to have the same psychological outcomes. You don't have to have, you know, written shit on a, on a fourth grade test to understand the trauma and the pain that's associated to being a young person and feeling like you can't spell right, or that you're not good academically or that you're not smart or that something's wrong with you. There's a whole list that becomes available, a whole list of problems that become available when I tell a story from a place of connection. The other thing is resonance. Okay. In order to hit a point of resonance, what I'm looking to do is I'm looking to embody the emotion that was associated to that story as that version of myself experiencing it. So I remember in the fourth grade and being held after school and then running out to recess for the last five minutes and going to play basketball with my friends and feeling so embarrassed and ashamed that I was stuck in this classroom with this old lady for the last 20 minutes doing something that I didn't know that I did wrong Mm -hmm. and being blamed and being ridiculed and being shamed for this thing that she thought was so disgusting and that I had no idea about as an eight-year-old, as an eight-year-old, okay? Um, So... Part of what needs to happen is that you need to have a level of closure or healing with the story so that you can actually express the story. And then in the expression of the story and in the expression of the stories, right, part of what happens is your message, your meaning, your problem, your aspiration, your offer starts to take shape. You know, I really believe that you know, in order for us to really craft a message or to craft an offer or to to really get clear on a client avatar is that we got to speak that problem. We got to speak that aspiration. We got to get into the expression. And there's a real time feedback that happens organically, right? There's a real time of like, oh man, that was, you know, when people start telling you like, man, you're telling my story or that that resonated with me so much, or thank you for sharing that, right? Like, And that's a threshold that you have to be willing to cross as an entrepreneur or as an individual to really answer that call of like, hey, you know what? I know that this has been painful for me in the past. I know this has been traumatic for me in the past, but I realize that this is the greatest way for me to serve. And where I learned that actually was speaking on stages because I would get on stage and I'd have my, you know, for the longest time, I had all these scripts that I'd memorize and all this kind of stuff. Um, this was really early on. Uh, and then when you're in a 10 day workshop, you know, 16 hours a day, there's multiple moments where you just don't, there's nothing else. You, you, you're outside of what you've planned. Right. So when you don't know what to say, what do you say? Well, for me, I, I, I got into like, like, let me access the resource of myself and then let me access the resources outside of myself. And this is what I love about storytelling and all this kind of stuff is that as you start telling stories and you're open to the, the telling of the story, you also start to access the resource outside of yourself so that the way that you're speaking about something now is no longer just your interpretation or just your words. And that level of connection, that level of resonance, when someone's like, man, uh, you were, you know, the way that you were speaking to me, a lot of times I'll say, Hey, that, that actually wasn't me. (laughs) You know, I'm looking to actually remove myself from that story and just be a vehicle to be, be able to express whatever's there. It's the same thing I'm doing right now. I'm not thinking about what I'm saying. It's so beautiful because you've articulated that better than I ever could in, I did four years of acting, then it became like method acting, deep acting techniques. And everything you're describing here was when I started realizing what storytelling was and how do you become a vehicle and a vessel to just tell the story through your little role and whatever it is you're in and how that seamlessly went into when I started learning marketing and like fell in love with that game. I'm like, these are, these two things are exactly the same. And when when (laughs) the way you've explained storytelling, I just have it circled three times for anyone listening who 
a we'll share some links to to, to Bucky's stuff so you can go into that world but anything you can on storytelling um I think it's it's a study worth or it's a it's a it's a place of study worth putting attention to of like storytelling how do you tell a story and so I think that's fascinating because that just made it so clear to my mind of how my acting shaped the series of events that led into marketing because it's so so close and then you also mentioned this thing of surrender I don't think you used the word but you were saying when you were on stage um you would start accessing I guess truth like in a way you just you got rid of everything and you were like what what's trying to emerge through me what's coming through me which is what made you a great speaker facilitator um and a coach is like you don't you you may go into a session with something planned but yes you're you're not so rigid in your thing. Something I learned through podcasting too is like, I don't even, yeah. I want to have a conversation and like whatever emerges, emerges. And sometimes it's beautiful. Sometimes it's okay. And I like to think it's <laughs> never a failure, but maybe it is. I don't know. I can't control that. So I think that's so yeah. beautiful. The way you articulated that is, yeah. um, is so clear. Yeah. Part of, uh, you know, when it comes to my business or when it comes to events or when it comes to um, the group experiences, part of what I do, what I like to do is actually the opposite. I, I, I go more structure. You know, I feel like everybody can get the 80% right, you know, but what separates like really the greats from right. the rest is the other 20%, it's the 15%, is 10%. And what you got to realize is that 10, 15% isn't actually them. But what they've done, or this is my philosophy anyways, what I've done is I've structured it so tight and so clear that it actually gives me the freedom mm. to step mm. out of it and to realize that here's the structure. This is what it's going to look like. This is the play-by-play, -play, literally by the minute. That hour and a half session was planned yeah. by the minute. By the minute. like I knew exactly what was going to happen. I knew exactly the energy. I knew exactly what I was looking for to indicate that it was okay to go to the next or if I had to push harder I had to create more space or what needed to be done right but that happens seamlessly because of the level of detail and what that does it gives me permission to step out of the context of the schedule or of the flow and just to be in flow and to be in flow and that's where a lot of the ad lib a lot of like hey this is what's showing up let me speak into this and it's not you know it's not necessarily I guess there was a point where you know, it's, it's like a and a it's like someone asks you a question. You don't know what that question is going to be. You're just put into like, okay, cool. Let me, let me pull out a response. Right. Where do you go when you are answering that question? Are you going from your head on what you think it should be? Are you coming from experience? Are you coming from your heart or are you coming from a greater sense of consciousness? Right. And I think Mastery, mastery at a facilitator level or at a coaching level or at a speaking level as an, or an actor, whatever it is, any type of public speaking comes from this ability to access that consciousness outside of yourself consistently. And in fact, for the longest time, the whole goal of everything that I did from a facilitation standpoint or from a live speaking standpoint was to be in that space. I, 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 this, I love that so much. This brings back in like the acting days the best actors, they over-prepared where they knew it wasn't about the words anymore. It wasn't even about the yeah. script. It wasn't about the blocking. It was they mastered it so well, and then they could. And that's one reason I know why my career was short-lived is I was still more in the words. And like I was 80% prepped, which never let me to fully let go in the moment. Sometimes you'd have those right. beautiful moments. And when I watched the masters, I was like, yeah. they could they could read the script backwards by the time they get into that room. And now they're free to create their art. So that's what you're ultimately talking about. Yes. So yes. 
And I think life, life is like that. I think business is like that. I think relationship is like that. And, you know, we all have our different areas to work on, you know, and, and that's, that's part of the thing that comes up when you say um, levels, right? And what does that mean to live in congruency? First of all, it's an infinite ascent. There is no end to that. So just because I'm, you know, speaking to things in this way does not mean that I don't have challenges in my life does not mean that I'm not growing in all areas of my life constantly does not mean that I'm not growing in my business and my facilitation, you know, what, what you have to understand. And that's what I mean. Like, it's a pretty big ask and it's a pretty big question to like, what does it really mean to live in congruency? Congruency is something that is, is, is constantly recalibrated. It's not something that you hit and then it stays. Yeah. Right. It's something that you, that you, that you put, work and effort and energy into every single day. And if you don't, then you're going to find yourself out of alignment over time and distance. Right. So it's a constant, it's a reshaping of my life. It's a reshaping of my relationship. It's a reshaping of my business. It's a reshaping of all my patterns. And how do I create the patterns of my life to, to, to lead me to congruency consistently? Could, could you, could I, could I, to expand on that and, and anyone listening, yeah. could you maybe help us out with You've, you've already given me really two powerful questions, but one on um, if you're assessing yourself. So when you go back and you're looking at like, I don't know how often you assess yourself or like, where am I at or what needs to change? I try to do it on a weekly on Saturdays um, yeah. and then like micro every morning. <laughs> and then at the end of the day, yeah. like those are really micro. How was the day? How was my energy? Was I, yeah. did I express courage? All that kind of stuff. But when you're um, assessing yourself, which I'm guessing you do, like you're self-aware and you're assessing yourself, what are some of the questions you're asking yourself to dive deeper into this kind of congruency, alignment, your true self, your true purpose, your true direction? Uh, I think it's been an interesting season in my life. Um, I've just recently had a baby and I've had uh, adopted two children in the last three years. Um, And it's been a lot, man there's been a lot that's come up for me. There's been a lot. I had my dad pass last year. Um, it's been an interesting season. And I think we all go through interesting seasons. And, um, you know, I think in those times, it can be difficult to, I'll, I'll give you my experience. My experience is that emotionally, there's been a roller coaster, And it's been hard to calibrate where I'm at. It's been hard to calibrate what works and what doesn't work. It just, you know, it feels like just chaos with COVID and the kids at home and the two dogs and all this kind of stuff. It's felt so chaotic. Um, But part of what I come back to is I come back to what am I feeling on a regular basis? What are the noticeable impacts of my life? What are the times where I'm like, wow, that feels really good or like, you know, what am, what am I actually feeling? Can I get enough awareness and enough texture in my life to say like, this feels really good or this doesn't feel good. And what are the things that I need to do in order to shift? I trust a lot in, in, in life itself. I trust a lot in the divine and and the orchestration that's happening around me. I think part of what has kept me away from that over analysis or that consistent analysis of, of, of recalibration of where I'm at is just because it's too heavy. Like it feels like it's, there's so much agenda that's associated with this that I have to feel this way in order to get to this result. And if I'm not feeling this way, then it's, it's like, I just feel like it's, it's your, it's too much preconception that's happening in the work like that as compared to like, I'm trust that I'm in a process. I trust that I'm in a Mm -hmm. flow. I trust that there's an unfoldment here. 
And what I have to rely on is I rely on my emotional well-being. I rely on the people around me to support me and to see things outside of myself that I can't see. Uh, and I trust on the feedback that I get from the world around me, whether things are working or things aren't working, whether I need to move towards something or need to move away from something. Um, and again, you know, the, the beautiful part about that and also the challenging part about that is that you realize that, you know, it's not your plan. And sometimes it's really difficult not to be attached to the outcomes that you believe are the best. Right. You know, like my dad, when my dad passed, you know, it was during COVID. I, I was sitting outside. I was outside of my, 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 my sister was pregnant. My mom was 73 years old. My, my brother-in-law, he's a surgeon. So they're really like intense about the COVID thing. I flew in from LA to, to Hawaii and I couldn't even go into the room with him because right. everyone in my family was so crazy about it. Right. Like they're like, I had to sit outside yeah. on a ladder of a two-story building to like look in through this like clouded window to like spend time with my dad when he was mm. passing away. And I did that for two weeks while mm. I quarantined in Hawaii before he passed, mm. you know? And I had all this emotion about it of like, it should have been a certain way and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, <laughs> what do you do? Right. What do you do? Do I, do I, you know, how can I recalibrate that? Do I have conversations? Do I spend my time trying to recalibrate and to reorganize the situation? Or do I just accept like, Hey, this is a process. Yeah. And then, and there's, and there's a gift in this for me. Um, it's all happening for a reason. And there's something here for me to really get. And let me focus on what that is. Let me focus on what that getting is so that I can actually grow through whatever that emotional spiritual experience is for me. I've just updated. Thank you for sharing that. It's really beautiful. I just updated transformation, but I added next to your, your name is surrender. I think those are two <laughs> words you. that really, um, from my experience of you, sum me up. I hope that does really good justice. And I hope that's a, um, <laughs> I hope that's a compliment and you're not like, that sucks. Um, anyone, <laughs> anyone who wants to dive in deeper into your guys' work, I know Lee was on the podcast a little while ago. Um, yeah. I know you guys are such a great team. It was really inspiring for me to watch you do your work and even the dynamic between you two and the relationship between you two, at least from an outside perspective is really beautiful. So if anyone wants to connect with you, your guys's work, uh, where could they find you? And I'll make sure I have all the links below in the description as well. Yeah. The, the easiest thing to do is just to connect with us on social media. Uh, and the reason for that is I think what I love about social media is there's a real experience and there's a real texture there. And if anybody wants to understand who we are and the work that we're doing, like that's really the place to find us. Um, it's just Bucky O'Neill. Um, where I'm most present is on Facebook. Uh, just find me there, like or comment or something like this, send me a message. Um, but I'm happy to connect with people. And, and, and I really like people to connect that way, um, just so that there's a little bit more context to, to what it is that we're doing. 100%. That's your personal Facebook, I'm, I'm guessing. Yes. I spent, I spent quite a bit of time. I, I prepped for every interview. I probably over prepped, but I was going through a lot of your <laughs> stuff on Facebook. I went way back. Like I was going way back on your stuff just Good. to get an idea of where you come from and, and who you are. And um, it's, it's really cool to see someone paving the way and leading the way for, for coaches and creating the transformational experiences. So make sure you guys check out Bucky. I end every episode with, uh, with one question. If, if, um, 
you said uh, when you were starting your journey, when did you first start when you were really kind of like, um, like 13, 14 is when you got some information that changed your learnings and kind of started you on that journey, correct? About 16, 15, 16. 16. If you could go back to that 16 year old, or maybe some of us listening here who are just maybe starting their business or they're, they're really in it. Like you're in it. Like there's, there's shit going on and maybe we don't know how we're going to get out of this and the COVID mm. and all of these external forces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you could kind of teleport or just show up like a genie in front of anyone listening right now, and maybe maybe us listening, we could just close our eyes and even imagine this um, Bucky showing up, and he's just got one word of of wisdom, one nugget. What would that be? Mm. One word of wisdom. The first thing that came up to me was just to breathe. Just to breathe. And to connect, get outside of the head and the story of what you think is actually happening and connect into who you really are. You know, I think so much of the worry and so much of the fear comes from the things that we project. Mm. The, the interpretations, the stories, the thing that we say, hey, this is what this means and this is how it's going to lead to this and this is how it leads to this and how it leads to me experiencing this thing that I really don't want. Mm-hmm. How do I take a deep breath, get grounded in who I am and realize that life is always working for us. And if we can get the gift of who we are and how life is looking to serve us, then there's always a bright side to the future. So that's what I'd say. Just breathe. I love that. I love that. Bucky O'Neill, thank you so much. All the links for Bucky's stuff is going to be below in the description. Uh, if you've been listening, then awesome. If you want to watch, you can also pop by the YouTube channel and, and check out some of the episodes. I take the best of the best. And, and what I'm going to do, I'm going to create a compilation. We had Grant Cardone, who is definitely one type of character. We had Robert Greene, who is philosophical <laughs> and just like he's a, yeah. he's a genius in my eyes. And I'm going to create a little compilation of like the whole spectrum of ways of being. And I think that'll even add so much more power. So I'll probably work on that over the next month. But as that comes up, I'll let you know as well, Bucky, and we'll create some kind of Beautiful. Cool compilation. Awesome. Thanks, Lucas. Appreciate Thank you, you so man. much, sir. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. All right. So as always, I just want to finish off the episode with saying thank you for listening. These episodes are 100% free and they're dedicated to helping you build your coaching business because there are clients out there just waiting for you to reach them. They're waiting for you to give them a result. So do not give up on your dream and never give up on your business. Again, these episodes are 100% free. All I ask in return is that you give it a thumbs up, you give it a like, you give it a little bit of love in the comments or the reviews, and you share it with one or two coaches who you know could use help building their coaching businesses. That's it. I'm done. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode.